Hello and welcome back to yet another episode of the Lil Dudes Insect Academy podcast, where we discover more about the extremely diverse world of entomology with your host, Braden Coy. Hello and welcome to episode 57 of the Lil Dudes Insect Academy podcast. And in this episode, I have an awesome interview with um, someone that I actually met in person at a entomology conference a few years back. And this is a good, nice and long episode for you guys to enjoy. So I hope you guys enjoy listening to it just as much as I did recording it. Okay, guys, welcome to the show. Um, I have this really awesome guest with us today. And I actually met her in person at the 28th. 18 I think it was um there was a entomology convention um that we were both at and we got to meet um so I'm here with Dr. Ham and yeah she has never been on the show before um but I am really excited about our talk today so welcome to the show Dr. Ham. Hey Brayden thanks for having me I'm super excited to be here um and I think and actually it was in Vancouver. Um, it was it was yeah. Awesome location to be in to meet so mm-hmm. Thanks for having me. So I guess I'll just launch into who I am and what I do. Um, I am Dr. Rhonda Ham, and I am trained as an entomologist, uh, but I am currently what my company calls a global academic relations leader. Okay. Um, A whole lot. So I describe my role as I do K through gray education and outreach, um, including using insects as some way to attract people to want to be interested in science. Um, So that is one of the things that I get to do on my day-to-day job, which is fantastic. I love the combination of science, um, entomology, and communication, and just being out and talking to people about the awesome, cool things that we get to do every single day. Um, Mm -hmm. And I work for a company called Corteva AgriScience. So I work for a agriculture company. We focus on really three things, um, crop protection products. So how do we make sure that our food stays safe from insect pests? Um, Seeds. So what technology is in the seed to make higher yields? Um, And uh, then also digital technology. So how do we use data um, on the farm that we collect to make better decisions on what to do and how to take care of that crop so that we, again, can produce food for people around the world? Wow. Yeah. So there's a lot that we want to get to. Um, But um, yeah, there's a lot, there's a lot there. So um, I do want to like take a step back and um, first go over your schooling. So also, um, you know, your younger schooling, high school, uh, your college education. And um, I just want to know if any of it was entomology based or focused in any way. Um, And then we can move on from there. Yes. So um, believe it or not, I was not one of those uh, kids that loved insects. In fact, I was the complete opposite of that. I was the girl that would enter a room and if I saw something scurrying across the ground, I would yell and scream until someone came and removed it from the room or I saw that it was physically gone or dead. Um, Really? insects to begin with. Um, So my whole world changed um, in high school, actually. So it was between my junior and senior year in high school that I applied for an opportunity to be an intern. Um, And so at this particular place, what happened is you do an interview, well, you apply for an application process, then they pick you a certain number to come in and do an interview. So we did an interview. And I think on the application, if I remember right, there was a list of different types of sciences that you could um, pick from. Um, I'm 
sure that entomology was not even one of my top five. Mm, interesting. Um, I was terrified of insects. Yeah. And so what happened is they said, hey, congratulations, you get to be an intern this summer and you're going to be in an entomology lab. And I panicked. I oh, man. Uh, so I thought this was going to be the worst experience of my life, the longest eight weeks of my life. And it was just a summer internship, summer job. But I said, okay, I applied for this because it was a paid internship and I was trying to save money for college. And so I was needing a job. So I said, okay, it's eight weeks. I can, I can convince myself I can do anything for eight weeks. I never have to look at another insect again. I just have to get through eight weeks. Mm-hmm. And it completely changed my life. So experience, I went into that lab. I had two amazing um, researchers that really took me under their wing and said, hey, this is your project. Here's what I want you to do. And um, I kind of tease that um, ants are kind of my um, introduction insect because the project was all around working with ants. And the idea was I was looking for plant-produced semiochemicals. So the chemicals that are automatically in a plant that a plant protects itself with to extract those volatile oils and see if I could make a repellency, basically something that would keep the ants out of citrus trees. So the problem (laughs) in um, citrus is ants can be beneficial or a pest depending on where they are and how they're interacting with the crop. So ground, they're a beneficial insect because they're actually eating other insects and such, right? So they're controlling pests. Mm -hmm. But in the trees, they get up onto the fruit and they tend this other insect that's called a scale insect. And these scale insects produce this honeydew sap, sweet sugary thing. And the ants love this sugary stuff. Mm. And so what they'll do is the ants actually become little farmers. And so they move the infestation of these scales around the tree. So they spread the infestation. And then they also really like that sap stuff. And so they'll eat that sugary, sweet sap that they're producing, that honeydew that those scale insects are producing. Mm -hmm. And once they eat, um, they protect the scale insects from natural predators. So wasps and such that can uh, protect and control the scale insects. So um, it was a super cool project, right? All these interesting dynamics between different types of insects. Um, scale insects actually can't move once they're an adult female stuck to the fruit. So they're not very scary. So they were scurrying around, right? So for someone that was scared of insects, it was Mm -hmm. a great couple of insects to work with to kind of get me interested. And what happened is I started learning more about these insects, more about the diversity of insects and what they do for us and what their impacts on the planet are. Um, and it, it literally changed my whole world. So that eight week Mm -hmm. internship, Anything. Uh, it became six years of employment. Wow. So I ended up working at the same facility for six years, um, part-time while I was finishing school um, and going to school. So yeah, that's where my entomology career started actually is um, my junior year in high school, um, right at the end of my junior year. Uh, wow. And then I progressed um, and decided I-, I loved a lot of different aspects of agriculture. And so I um, majored in agricultural education as an undergraduate at Fresno State University, so out in California. That's my hometown. Mm-hmm. And uh, I majored in agricultural education with an emphasis in plant science because then I could continue to study entomology and its impacts on plants. Mm-hmm. Uh, and 
Then I actually became a high school teacher. I was a high school teacher for about a year, um, finishing my teaching credential at at a couple of different schools. And then I decided, okay, I'm going to go back to school and get a master's degree. Um, And my thought was I was going to go back to the classroom and teach. Hmm. And ended up moving across the country, so from California to upstate New York, um, and at went to Cornell University. And finishing a master's degree, I was asked by my advisor if I wanted to stay and do a PhD. And so that was not my initial plan, uh, but I ended up getting into the research and enjoying it and loving it. Um, so I switched from kind of the ants and scale insects to, uh, in the six years that I was in those labs, I worked on lots of different things, including uh, pheromone research. So mating disruption mm. using pheromones, which are the chemical okay. hormones that um, females were produced to attract a male. Um, mm-hmm. And generally the moth world is what I was working on primarily um, with moth pests. Uh, so when I went to graduate school, I actually ended up in a laboratory that did something completely different. Um, so I was doing genetics work. And so I switched to houseflies. So I did housefly genetics research um, in graduate school. Uh, loved that. Like I said, finished my master's degree and decided to stay for a PhD. So um, I went through the about seven years. So two years uh, for my master's and another four for a PhD. I didn't um, combine them. So mm. wow. Well, I ended up in industry. <laughs> Wow. Very cool. That, that, that's a lot. Um, (laughs) so you've been so into bugs for, for, for a pretty long time. Um, but when you were first sort of hesitant and you were still, um, sort of getting into bugs a little bit, was there a moment where it clicked and you were like, man, bugs are cool. Or was that sort of a gradual slow incline? Yeah, that's a great question. I don't know if I thought about it enough to know um, if it was, I mean, I stayed there. I mean, it was a, by slow, it wasn't years, right? It was weeks. Um, and so for me, I don't think that there was a moment, um, but that eight week process of learning about these creatures, um, being responsible for a, a true valued research experience. Um, so I was doing research. It was my project. The, um, uh, professors that I was working with, um, basically said, this is your project. You know, we're here to help you, but it's yours. And so I felt very empowered at that moment. And so I think it was a lot less about the organism at the time and more about me, um, learning for about myself, right. And knowing Mm. that could, I could do this and Mm. that these, creatures weren't scary. It was me in my own head making them scary. Mm, yeah. And so I think I just had to get out of my own headspace uh, that these things are, are terrible and scary. And, um, mm. you know, only, you know, I, I've heard lots of people say, and I try to discourage them of any, you know, the only good insect is a dead insect. I, I, I was kind of of that camp at one point in my life. Mm. I don't agree with that anymore. And I try to discourage people from that, but, uh, I, uh, have lived the, the transition that it takes to really understand kind of where you're coming from and everybody comes from a different place and mm-hmm. different, uh, experience, right. With, with how they see insects. And, mm-hmm. uh, for me, it was, uh, feeling empowered as a scientist that made insects come to life for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, um, you so, so so you were really 
kind of afraid of insects, wouldn't you say? Absolutely. Yes. And yeah. Okay. So were there, well, is there still, is there still any insect? Um, Is there still a specific kind of insect that you go, uh, not, not really super comfortable with that, you know, species or um, even family. Is there still a insect that you go, uh, not a big fan? Uh, no, I've worked with some pretty, um, yeah, I've worked with a wide variety and diversity at this point. So there's not too many that I sort of shy away from anymore. Um, I admit there are some that I definitely do not want to bring home with me. So I worked with bed, for example, um, you know, I, I'm not scared of the bed bug itself. I'm scared of the infestation and know what they can cause. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Just that's not fun. How do you control them? Uh, so I, I guess there are some that I'm hesitant like that, where I'm, I just, I do not want to get an infestation accidentally by bringing my work home with me, example. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, but yeah, as far as, you know, I can pretty much convince myself now in, to get out of my own head and know that, you know, there are very few that are really going to hurt me, hurt me. Um, and I know which ones, you know, to be aware of. So mm-hmm. again, it's the more you learn, the more comfortable you can be because you know uh, what to expect, right? Mm-hmm. I think as a kid, I didn't have uh, really anybody show, showing me what insects were about or telling me anything about insects. Mm-hmm. So I didn't know. So, you know, yeah, I just didn't know. Mm, yeah, I I definitely um, can see. Um, and, and I know a lot of people um, just like you that sort of had to had to warm up to bugs a little bit. Um, but now they're super into it, just like you. So um, we've talked a lot about your schooling. And um, now I'd like to tell um, have you tell us a little bit more about um, the work that you do now with your um, the organization that you work for. Yeah, so at Corteva, um, the work that I do now is actually about how do we talk about the sciences that we work on? Um, And so a lot of it is around science communication. So the stuff that you do actually on this podcast, uh, for example, is is science communication. So how do we get people engaged? Um, And, you know, there's multiple ways of and reasons that that's important. Uh, One is, you know, hey, there are future potential employees on your podcast listening to your podcast, hopefully today. Mm -hmm. And so we want them to know who we are. So Corteva AgriScience hires all kinds of different scientists um, from entomologists to plant pathologists to uh, computer technicians and engineers. And so, um, you know, part of it is just getting out there and saying, hey, here are the career options. Uh, The other is just making people feel comfortable with the sciences and the scientists. Right. So a lot of people have never met uh, a scientist. And so they don't know who to ask or who to trust. And so um, by us being available um, to answer questions, I think that helps us um, build a community of people mm-hmm. comfortable, right? And so that's what we're trying to do is provide resources, make sure our employees feel comfortable going out and talking, whether that's at a school or um, a fair, you know, or um, at a scientific conference, right? Mm-hmm. Um need to have the practice and and understand who is our audience, how are we going to reach them? Um, And it's been a lot of fun to try to figure out different ways and to talk to different groups of people, right? It's Mm -hmm. kind of a one size fits all. So that's the exciting part about my job now. Um, One of the most fun things that I get to do is go talk to students. And so um, I see a lot of students that are me when I was, you know, scared. And one of my favorite experiences um, 
is when I have, I have a vinegaroon that goes out with me. So for those of you that might not know what a vinegaroon is, uh, it's a whip scorpion. So it looks very scary. Mm-hmm. These huge petty palps that look like pinchers. It has a, a long tail that does not have a stinger like you would picture most scorpions having. It has a thin whip-like tail, which is where they get their name whip scorpions. And it shoots acetic acid, which again sounds really scary, um, but acetic acid is essentially vinegar, uh, but can't really hurt us. um, But it looks terrifying. And so for me, if I look back at my young self, I would have never, 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 never touched that creature. Um, But they're they're completely harmless and safe to touch though. So absolutely. Yeah. And so now I love taking it out, having it in my hand. Um, the most rewarding part about my job is being able to take that creature and have a group of students look at it, observe it. I I actually, my favorite thing is they take three steps back when they see it. Right. Mm -hmm. But then you talk about it and you say, you know, Hey, here's what its life cycle is. And here's where it lives. And here's what it does. And the fact that those pinchers are, you know, it, it's not pinching me. I have it in my hand, right? Mm-hmm. So it's not going to hurt you and talk about it. And in a matter of two to three minutes of just talking about it, mm-hmm. majority of the students will come up and touch it or want to hold it. And so that mm-hmm. is the best part about my job is that I yeah. get transformation in someone in literally a two minute conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I've experienced a lot about, um, a lot with that also. And that's one of my favorite things to do is um, have students realize that um, even something like a tarantula is that's, that's the animal that I use a lot of the time. Um, and it's this, you know, big, creepy, hairy spider that I'm holding in my hand. Which kind? Um, I have to know. Oh, it's a curly haired tarantula. That That's the common name, but it, um, the, actually okay. that one just um, got an update of its scientific name. So I don't remember um, the scientific name because it actually just got changed. Um, but it's the, I wouldn't know anyway, to be honest. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Um, so yeah. And that's, that's the one that I use. Um, and it's, you know, this big creepy spider that I hold and, um, it just crawls around and then it just takes a few minutes for the kids to all, you know, beg to hold it. And, um, they realize that, you know, even the, even though it, um, eats bugs and, you know, looks creepy, right um they're still really cool and they're completely safe to hold um so that's that's for sure one of my favorite things to do as well yep i love danger of reactions just reactions that are first completely scared and disgusted and then that curiosity kicks in at some point and it's just it's a fantastic transformation to watch Mm -hmm. yeah and yeah that's really amazing and um also going back to what you said about um your um science communication with um you know connecting people with scientists and all that um what i find is that a lot of people um actually know you you know everyone knows that there are scientists out there but they don't know that, um, you know, um, being a scientist can actually be a job, right? 
and um, they, they they know they're out there, but they've never met a scientist, or they don't um, they don't know anyone that's a scientist, or they um, it's it's kind of this um, they know they're out there, but they don't know if they're real or not, you know. Um, <laughs> yeah, this and mythical figure of Einstein, yeah, right? He was one. Yeah, um, yeah. They know historical scientists for sure, um, but a living live scientist, I think, is hard for most people to come up with a name. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that, and that people actually, you know, get paid to do this and do it for a job. And, you know, it's, it's a real career path for, um, for everyone to, you know, um, look into taking. And that's why I think, you know, science communication, like what you do, um, is so important, especially now, you know, um, yeah, I think, lot- um, yeah, with the changes, I think, science has become more of a common conversation in the household um, just because of the pandemic, right? As people mm-hmm. are thinking about um, the development of a really quick vaccine, right? And we had to understand this um, virus very quickly. And so I think there is some change in the amount of people. I'm pretty sure that if you did that survey now of saying, you know, name a, a living scientist, Fauci would probably be one of the people that yeah. uh, <laughs> uh, talked about. So, um, that an entomologist will be up there too <laughs> yeah yeah i hope so um yeah but hopefully not for a cause like that not a oh bad yeah thing. no 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 Ho- hopefully <laughs> um and a lot of people you know you say entomologist and they go what, what's that right <laughs> they yeah, have no idea what you're talking etymology? about etymology yeah yeah etymology yeah or entomology yeah people get mixed up with that also yeah, yeah. and and i can totally you know i, I can see why entomology yeah. doesn't really you know sound like what a bug you know you think it'd be like bugologist or something right um, insectologist <laughs> yeah yeah something like that um so yeah um and speaking of the um the pandemic how have your um how has your job and your position changed and your you mentioned um you know talking with students with the um vinegaroon and stuff like that um how has that shifted with the with the pandemic and not being in person yeah so i've had to be a bit more creative of course um so a lot of online stuff um it's actually been you know there's the silver lining has been that i've been able to reach a lot more students than i had in the past because oh, yeah can reach them anywhere they are. So I talked to a classroom in New Jersey not too long ago, um, which, you know, I live in Indiana. So that would have been virtually impossible for me to do other than through the technology that we have. And I think now that teachers especially are more comfortable with it, um, I think I'll be able to connect with a lot more classrooms in the future, which is fantastic. I love that. Um, The thing that does take away is I don't get to see that same reaction, right? I don't get to them to hold it. There's a different experience when you actually are interacting with a creature. Um, can you know encourage them to go find something outside to explore? Um, but you know that's that's different than when somebody's standing there talking about it and holding it, and mm-hmm. um, then lets you have it, right? Um, so I think there we'll definitely go back to that when we can be in person again. Um, I don't think it completely replace that, but I do. Yeah. Think It'll be a combination going forward of both. Um, I also traveled a lot, uh, so I'm not traveling anymore, of course. Uh, mm. working from home, so um, that's been a little different. But I am excited to be able to connect to people that I wouldn't have um, in the past. So mm-hmm. it, it allows me to connect globally. I don't have to stay um, talking only in the U.S., right? Um, mm-hmm. I 
connect with colleagues around the world and with students around the world. So that's pretty exciting as well. Yeah, that's that's definitely, you know, a plus to what's been going on. And that's something that I've noticed and that I have gone, you know, this isn't all bad, you know, um, there are some parts of this that will make um, certain, um, you know, jobs and industries better, right? Um, yeah. and, and although it's not quite the same, there are some advantages to it. Like, like what you said, you can reach people that you never would have been able to. Um, so yeah, I, um, um, if we can move on to, um, one of my favorite questions to ask, and that is who is, um, your biggest inspiration and this could be one or two people this could be someone in the science world or in the entomology world um or not you know someone that you just like their philosophies or someone that you um like their scientific um you know um their scientific philosophy um so yeah what are who is your inspiration yeah so i think if i go back and say you know how did i become entomologist today. Um, it was two gentlemen, um, and that was Dr. Harry Shorey, who unfortunately has passed away. Um, and he was my first boss. He was the one that basically took this young high school kid and said, you're a scientist today, and here's your project. Go do your science. Um, and changed my world that way. Um, I think, you know, not many people would put their faith um, and trust of their the science that they're responsible for at a university into the hands of a high school kid that has never, ever done a project in entomology, doesn't even know what this ant species that she's looking at is or anything about them, right? And so um, Harry was really the person that... Um, not only introduced me to entomology, but really introduced me to parts of myself, right? Um, so we talked a little bit earlier about me overcoming that fear. Um, and he's the one that empowered me to do that um, because he didn't let me sort of shy away from it. He didn't let me um, think that I was just a pair of hands that was doing his work, right? So I know um, sometimes if you're in a research lab, you can feel like, you know, I'm just washing dishes and putting stuff away and yeah. it's not really my project. Um, and that's okay if that's where you need to start, right? I'm not saying anything about that. Some people, that is a great start because it yeah. gets you introduced to the lab. It gets you introduced to the people and what the research is that's going on there. Um, but for me, that empowerment that I received from him um, just allowed me to see myself as a scientist in the future, um, which I don't know if I would have done or not. Um, I, you know, I, I saw myself as an educator is coming into that lab. That's how I saw myself. I saw myself as somebody that loved to talk about the science, um, to talk about things, um, but not necessarily as a scientist. And I, he was the one that basically talked about it and treated me like a scientist so that I could see myself as a scientist. And so I think, you know, him and then his technician, um, Roland Gerber, who has been my friend since that time. So we have many, many years of um, being uh, friends. Um, I was, you know, an employee, so he was my boss for a while. Uh, then we became friends and he is still a friend today. I would say he's my second father um, almost today. And yeah. so, um, he is another complete inspiration. Again, same story of, you know, 
just putting faith in me and not treating me like I was any different than part of the team of scientists that was there in the lab. And so those are the two that I think are probably my biggest inspiration to get me to where I am today. Yeah, that's really cool. And that's one of my very favorite questions to ask everyone um, is, you know, um, what keeps you going and... um, So have you shared yours with everybody? I want to know who yours is. Hmm. That's a really hard question. (laughs) I know you've met Um, some awesome people. So that's why I want to know. (laughs) Yeah. um, Oh man. Um, I don't even know that, that I, 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 you know, now I feel kind of bad because I ask everyone this question and I don't even know how to answer it myself. Um, I'm sorry. I put you on the spot. (laughs) No problem. Um, So probably um, um, you know, uh, of course, uh, Steve Irwin, I, I, you know, I, I grew up watching him, um, um, and his, his way of just communicating that animals are amazing and beautiful is, um, you know, that will always be, um, you know, so, um, special to everyone. Um, so that, that's one of them. Um, and so I got to visit his zoo when I did some of my research in Australia. Oh, really? That's awesome. Yeah. Unfortunately it was right after he was killed. So, Mm -hmm. um, get to meet him, of course. Um, Mm -hmm. sometimes he would be around at the zoo, but, um, yeah, his, his zoo is amazing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and, um, some other, Hmm. There's too many to choose from. Yeah, there's there's so many. Um, I mean, one of the first people that I actually met um, that was, you know, a real entomologist. Um, and, I, you know, I knew they were out there, of course. Um, and I knew I wanted to um, be like, you know, you, be an entomologist. Um, but the first one of the first entomologists that I actually met, um, you know, in real life, I was, I don't know, nine or ten at the time. Um, and he, it, um, Phil Torres was one of the very first entomologists that I met. Um, and he is like a big inspiration to me. Um, and he's actually been on the show. Um, but, um, I got to meet him and saw how he, how excited he was about, you know, going places and, um, teaching people about bugs and the amazing world of entomology. Um, and that really inspired me to do the same. Um, and then hmm, Phil's an amazing mentor. So I I actually have a connection. So Phil was an undergraduate at Cornell when I was a graduate student there. Mm -hmm. So the connection there with, uh, you know, him being a mentor for you. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and so those are the people, you know, in the science world, but also, um, you know, of course my parents are, um, a big inspiration for me. So, so yeah, it, it's, that's really hard. And, um, I definitely feel kind of bad for asking that of everyone to, um, you know, pick out a few people that are their fate, that are not their favorites, but their inspirations. Um, yeah, so, yeah it, it is hard to figure out. Cause I, I think, you know, one of the amazing things just in life is the people that cross your path and those that, um, you know, leave a permanent long-term impact that maybe were only part of your life for a short period of time and others 
stick with you throughout your growth and development from, you know, the time, like I said, I was a high school kid all the way through today. Um, you know, I've still connected. Um, and then there are other mentors that were fantastic for me and an inspiration for particular parts of my life. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that question is awesome one to ask. Um, but it is, you're like, okay, do I pick people that have had this lasting long-term impact, like you said, your parents, my parents were fantastic in supporting every decision that I've made and mm-hmm. behind me a hundred percent always. Um, and so, you know, that in and of itself speaks volumes, um, yeah. to how successful I've been able to be just because I've had support. Um, and so I think, you know, yeah, there's just so many people that cross your path. And, um, I, I tell people, I, I try to do this. Um, I, I used to be better at it to be honest. Um, but don't forget to thank those people, so if anybody's listening on the podcast today and you're thinking, you know, hey, this is the person that if I was asked that question, drop them a note. It means so much just to hear from somebody that says, hey, you know, you had an impact and you don't know who needs to hear that. Mm-hmm. Um, I try to do that on a regular basis just to, you know, um, reach out to people that have had an impact on me and say, yeah. thank you. Um, it means a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. So. Um, another thing about, um, you know, scientists and entomologists is um, it's kind of hard to get away from our interests and our work. Um, and one of the ways that we do that is through hobbies. Um, so I'd like to hear if you have any hobbies, what they are, and um, if any bug-related ones have, you know, kind of sneaked in, sneaked into your um, off-work times. Yeah, so um, photography is one, so I know we share that, but uh, believe it or not, I'm terrible at taking pictures of insects. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'd be really good at I can find them really well, um, but I'm not very good at photos of them. Um, so I love taking pictures of other wildlife and um, scenic landscapes, mm-hmm. um, and I love to travel, so I love to, to find, you know, creatures that aren't in my backyard um, necessarily while I travel um, and taking photography and photos of them. Uh, so that's probably um, one that's n- more recent. So I'd say I've been doing that. Oh, I guess it's 10 years now. So it's not that recent. <laughs> Time flies. Um, and so photography is one of those. Traveling is one of those for me. Um, I love to read. Um, so reading, you know, if I've got a good book and the weather outside is not great, um, yeah. I will pull up and and be quite happy. Mm-hmm. So those, are, those are the hobbies that I enjoy. Yeah. Uh, and do you have one that is just, you know, completely unrelated to bugs? Um, Some completely random, random thing or? Random. Uh, I don't know if I have any random. I mean, uh, I like to bake. Oh, there you go. There you go. So, yeah. yeah, that's a different one. Yeah. So I, I bake a lot of things that I won't even eat. So like I'll bake, <laughs> bread, but I don't really like banana bread. So. <laughs> Uh, other people so get to benefit from that though so yeah yeah so <laughs> give it away just, you just make it to make it and then have yeah. everyone else enjoy it I love that but but I will tell you so since you uh wanted something that wasn't entomology related I do have a cake pan that is insect shaped so a lot of times <laughs> I actually bring that even into my baking because the cake pan is little mm-hmm. so it's got um two butterflies two bees, um, and two ladybugs <laughs> in the cake pan. So oftentimes <laughs> I don't even get away from the entomology in my baking. That's awesome. That's so cool. <laughs> 
Um, so, um, what, so we've talked about what you've done in the past, what you're doing now. Um, but do you have any big plans for the future? Any big trips, any more, uh, you know, experiments or, um, studies that you want to do in the future? Um, do you want to just keep doing what you're doing or really what, what do you want to do in the future? Yeah, well, I love what I'm doing. So I don't think that I um, will ever not do this. Um, and I say that because in every job that I've had, I've always somehow created the science communication piece for myself. Mm-hmm. I was in graduate school. Um, I would teach some of the, um, I was a teaching assistant. So I'd teach some of the courses. Mm-hmm. Um, I also uh, was one of the founders of Insectapalooza, um, which is a one day sort of insect science day um, at, for the Department of Entomology at Cornell. And so that um, is a way I was able to sort of sneak that in and not actually have that as part of my job. Uh, And when I went into industry, I kind of did the same thing where, you know, I was working as a uh, research entomologist. So I was doing studies in the fields uh, as well as in the laboratory. And um, but I, I needed that science communication piece just because that's who I am. And so I got together with some of the other um, scientists and we created what is now called Corteva Grows Science Outreach. And that is basically, uh, we train our scientists and employees, they don't even have to be scientists, to go and talk about the sciences that we do. And so they're essentially ambassadors for the science of agriculture. And so it's much broader than just entomology, but mm-hmm. We, you know, some of them talk about DNA and DNA extraction. Some of them are plant pathologists and talk about what that means. Um, we do engineering projects. Um, and then, of course, I have turned a lot of our employees into entomologists uh, because one of the activities that we take out um, is all around our insects. And so um, employees that uh, maybe aren't in a science type of job but want to participate, we train them on how to go out and do these. And so they are... Um, essentially entomologists now because they uh, have learned the topics and enough about the science to be able to talk to the public about. That's awesome. And so I love that part too, is I've, I've taken adults. And so don't underestimate uh, who you can train. Um, Yeah. And so uh, you can learn this stuff at any age. You, you don't have to start, you know, when you're five um, with collecting bugs outside and digging in the ground, you can start at 25 or 45 um, or 25, right? Mm -hmm. So um, that's one of the things that I absolutely uh, enjoy. So I think, you know, that'll stay regardless of what my future plans are. I will always do that. That's just part of who. Um, And I'm loving what I'm doing now because I get to do more of that on my day-to-day basis. Um, But some projects that I'm looking forward to, um, and you're actually decided to be part of this. So thank you for recording a short little video. Yeah. Uh, I am excited uh, about working on a uh, virtual learning platform um, with the Children's Museum of Indianapolis. So I've worked with them on um, some exhibits that they actually have in the museum uh, that uh, if you come through, you can tell that an entomologist might have been working with them because uh, there are a couple of different activities there um, that are entomology focused. One is they've created kind of a um, a virtual option where, uh, it's a computer screen. I'm going to try to describe this. Hopefully it comes out. Okay. On a podcast. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So you essentially raise your hand in front of a screen and it will put a sweep net into your hand 
and you have a virtual sweep net that you walk through a field. And so the field is on the screen and you do a figure eight like you would in the field with a sweep net. And it, uh, you do that 20 times. And so you're basically looking for an economic threshold, which is how many pests are in this field. And so after they've done that, the student or the, the family has done that for the 20 times, the screen pops up with, here's what you've caught in your net. And so you're counting loopers and you're counting stink bugs and you're counting lady beetles. And so you count how many of each that you have and you figure out if you are above a threshold that you need to figure out some sort of way to control your pests. Hmm. Um, and so that was really fun to develop with them wow. because um, in a children's museum, you can imagine you don't want to give children a uh, stick to potentially hit each other or themselves. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, so it was a really interesting problem to say, how can we get the same interaction and experience that they might have, but in a safe way? And so yeah. it was a, a fun project that's um, actually at the museum live. So the one we're working on now is a virtual, um, it's for kindergarten through second grade to learn more about insects. Um, so there's some habitats that are kind of like a hide and seek game, right? Where you have to try to find where the insects are hidden. Some yeah. actually be hidden behind things. So you have to actually kind of look a little carefully. Um, and so we have five different habitats that they'll be able to look through for insects. And so I love projects like that. They're, they come up kind of random. Um, mm -hmm. and we're finding more of those and opportunities to do that. Um, one of the other things that I'm involved in that I'm looking forward to being part of um, and, and already am um, excited to be part of is yeah. the um, AAAS so the American uh, Association for the Advancement of Science, if then ambassadors. So there are 125 women um, that were selected to be part of this. Um, and uh, I luckily, I, I am one of them. So there is an entomologist represented. I'm super proud. I That's wish really there cool. were more than one uh, entomologist. Yeah but uh, I'm glad there's one. So uh, that's been a super fun group of women to be involved in um, and, and scientists from all kinds of backgrounds. Uh, it's also been a great opportunity for me to educate them on entomology. And so, um, you know, by knowing me and having met me, uh, they have an appreciation and an understanding for insects. Um, I've had some conversations with some of them that, you know, well, I'm really scared of insects. So um, hopefully uh, they'll eventually come around and uh, learn mm -hmm. that uh, to appreciate them, if nothing else. Yeah. I think that's all that, you know, that's always what I look forward to is how many people can I reach um, and talk to about um, the awesome, cool things that insects do and, and what they do for us. So as far as jobs, I'm, I'm not, I don't know. I'm not looking that far out, I guess. I maybe mm -hmm. should think of, you know, what do I want to do in the future? That's, that's their conversation. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, so, um, I think we can go ahead and start wrapping up here. Um, but I think it would be really cool if you could tell me and, and the viewers where we can go to learn more about what you're doing. So, um, social media, if you have, if you happen to have a website, um, you can mention it and then, um, all those places I will actually link in the show notes of this episode so the viewers can go down and click on the link. So um, go ahead and let us know um, where, where we can go. All right. So if you want to follow me as an individual entomologist and my random antics of, yep. hey, I was on my walk this afternoon and I found a X, um, I uh, have uh, Twitter and um, Instagram and my handle is at insect doc. Um, so that's where you can find me. Um, a okay. little about the if then ambassadors thing is also on my 
uh, Instagram page primarily. Uh, if you want to learn more about Corteva AgriScience, um, Corteva.com. Uh, if you want to learn more about the actual resources and the education stuff that I've worked on, um, mm-hmm. I will link. It's too long to say this, this, dot, dot, dot. Yeah, um, yeah. So I will uh, make sure you have the link for that and can add that. Um, and it, specifically, there are some lesson plans there that are on various subjects, um, mostly around the science of agriculture, um, also including some insect stuff. Uh, there's coloring books, for example, in their multiple languages. So English, Spanish, Portuguese, and French. So depending on where you are around the world, uh, you can download those for um, any youth that you might be working with. Um, And so I will make sure you have a link for that. All right. Thank you so much. Um, So I think we can go ahead and um wrap up here so thank you so much um Rhonda for being on the show um this was really fun to catch up with you um and I hope you enjoyed it as well I certainly did thank you so much for inviting me and having me and um it was great to catch up and and I'm glad that at least we are on zoom so I get to see you um our podcast listener sorry um but uh, yeah Mm -hmm. catching up thank you for having me yeah all right thank you so much If you enjoyed this episode of the Little Dudes Insect Academy podcast, then go ahead and check us out on our website, www.littledudesinsectacademy.com. Also on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube, we are littledudesinsectacademy.com. Just search it up, it'll show up. Also, if you really enjoyed this episode, definitely uh, go down, scroll down, and leave a review of the podcast if you really enjoyed it. And consider sharing it with one of your family and friends. And with that, that is it for this episode. Keep on bugging.